Support for Meaningful Conversations comes from Wix.com. With Wix, you can create your very own professional website. Choose a template you love and customize it by adding your own text, images, and videos. With hundreds of intuitive design features, you can tell your story exactly the way you want. You can also easily start a blog, launch an online store, or create an event. Share everything in a click on social media and drive even more traffic to your site with SEO tools to get found on Google. Wix has all the tools you need to create the exact website you want. Over 140 million people choose Wix to create their website. So create yours today and get started now by going to Wix.com. That's W-I-X.com slash Meaningful Conversations to get 10% off. So don't lose the 10% off. I'm Maria Shriver, and this is Meaningful Conversations. On every episode, we'll take a journey into the lives of inspiring, thoughtful, thought-provoking people. People who are smart, spirited, and spiritual. People who have done extraordinary things to make a positive impact on our world. These are people I respect and admire. People who inspire me. I want them to share their stories, their experiences, their wisdom, and their feelings with you. I hope we can come together in community to reflect on the issues and topics that we're all thinking about, but no one seems to be talking about. I hope that you're inspired to have more meaningful conversations with the people in your life. What's not to love about Hoda Kotb? She's a dear friend of mine, a beloved colleague at NBC News, and just an all-around beautiful human being whom I really adore. And that's why I wanted her to join our conversation. And I'm so thrilled that she found time in her really busy schedule to sit down with me. But that's the kind of person she is. No matter how busy she is, if you're her friend, she finds the time. And we got into one of those deep, free-flowing conversations that we seem to get into a lot. And I'm so happy that we get to share it with you here today. Here it is. We are here, and I am talking with one of my favorite people on the planet. And I was saying this about you, Hoda Kotb, this morning in the makeup room Mm -hmm. to somebody else that we work with, that in all my 40 years, 40 years of being in journalism, I think you're the most generous woman in the business that I've met. Oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, that's the truth. And that's saying something, that someone who's in the building who wants other people to do well, particularly other women Mm -hmm. to do well. And I think that's just in your nature that you don't see other women as competition. It's so funny that you say that. That's, That's funny because I feel like in my career, I think I was never like the it girl. I've never been the it girl, never will be happy to be in my lane. In seventh grade, when I was a kid, I was the weird one. I was the funny name and the weird hair and the stop sign glasses and the oddball. So I always felt like I was on the outside peeking in. I wasn't in any of that crowd. So I never felt like girls were jealous of me because why would they be? I am like the last person they would ever need to worry about. So girls were kind to me. They weren't competing. I didn't, no guy asked me out. My mom's like, you're beautiful. I'm like, really? Because not a date ever. Like, why is this not happening? But I think 
there are certain girls who you look at and you dislike because they're too pretty or they're too everything. And I never got those looks. Uh-huh. I know I've watched other girls give that look. Yeah. I never got it. And so I think all of all of that conditioning throughout, I think I was non-threatening to everybody. So whenever I showed up on a job, I don't think they thought, uh-oh, is she going to get it? I, but it's not that you're non-threatening. It's that you look at other people and, you, yeah. and you're like, how can I help you? Yeah. How can I invite you in? So it's not... It, it's different because what I'm saying is that you're like, wow, you're doing well. I want to help you yes. do well, or I want to celebrate your success, yeah. or I'm thrilled to have you on my show. And you are an it person right now, and you do kind of just want to bring everybody to the table, which is such an incredible quality. I love. I do. Lo- I actually love that. I actually think I'm better being the person who's next to the person in the spotlight. I feel like that there is some value in that role. And I think when I bring people in, I love it when they hit a home run. Like I dig it. Like yeah. I feel sort of weirdly That's what like- I'm talking about. Yeah, I you feel dig like it I, when someone I hits dig a- it. I dig it. That's what I'm trying I, to say. I, well, I do, I do like it because I feel like witnessing someone who's kicking butt like witnessing someone who just did a kick-ass interview, you know, like yeah. trying to help someone out, saying I might have a couple of ideas, and then watching that person nail it. Yeah, I actually think my the truth about it is, I probably should have been a teacher, like I've always wanted to be, and mm-hmm. I love that role, and I think I still kind of try to do it a little, and maybe that's part of it. I like when somebody is shining, and I like helping them. It makes me feel good I, somehow. I think that's such a great quality in a human being. So I wanted to shout it out because so often the world is kicking you down. Yeah. The world is competing with you. Yeah. And when you walk in and someone's like, hey, I'm happy for yes. you. And yeah. then you're like, it makes you want to do it for yeah. somebody else. So that's yeah. an incredible gift. And the other thing I wanted to say about Hoda is we were doing her show. She invited me on her show yesterday. And I talked a little bit to her before about her best friend friend was uh-huh. visiting her. And when I asked you how it was, you're like, it's great, but I could see tears. Oh my God, it's happening well, again. Well, it's happening again. And uh-huh. I I wanted to, because I think that's kind of who you are. Mm-hmm. You're like the best friend. I feel mm-hmm. like you're one of my closest, dearest friends. Mm-hmm. What is that that like, is it about her, Karen? Yeah. Is it about what you share? Because yeah. you feel like that about a couple people yeah, too. Yeah, I have a few people in my inner circle who I feel that about. Karen is like <laughs> so weird, but um, she is. This is Karen, who yeah. uh, is a journalist. She's like my best friend in the world, and she's like the perfect person. I really think she is. She is the most generous, kind, gorgeous. She's a great mother. She was a great wife. Her husband recently passed. Thank you. And I think. I just have never met someone who felt so deeply about life. Everything wow. she feels is deeper than your average person. Yeah. I don't know how it is, but she'll see something and witness it, and she'll feel it in a way that is so much more profound. And I'm not sure if it's that she's more aware or something, but I would I would marvel at that. And I remember just wanting to be in her presence because she made me better. She made all of us better. But... She recently, and I think I get emotional, she recently lost her husband and yeah. it was, she's going through like a difficult period. And I think right. as a best friend, when you can't fix it, 
or right. help or you want to. But anyway, she's she's just changing her life up now and she's trying to do new things. But I know I've known her for 20 years. I she knows me to the core. She would have my back no matter what and I guess I've never known anybody who's loved me that much. Wow. Somebody who loves you that much. Yeah. And and as we get to be in your whatever, 40s, yeah. 50s, 60s and beyond, yeah. your friends go through stuff. Yeah. Right? They go yeah. through loss of parents, loss of friends, loss of partners. They go through divorces. They go through sickness. And it's such a meaningful thing to stand by. Yeah somebody or have somebody stand by you. Yeah. And you've gone through stuff in your own yeah. life, had breast cancer, challenged yeah. that uh, on the kind of happy side, adopted a child. Yeah. And this person stood by you and loved yes. you through. Yes. What do you think is the best thing a person can do for someone when they're diagnosed with cancer? Mm. How can someone stand by you in a meaningful way? Mm. I think that's such a tricky one because I don't know what I was expecting from people when I got sick, but I certainly was expecting, I think, too much, maybe more than I got. I I really? thought, yeah, I'm not. I sometimes I don't ask for help. I assume my people know that I need it, and so <laughs> I'm like, where were you? I was on my knees. I was hurting. I was going through stuff, but I think just being present is really the most important thing. This is. Um, my dad passed away when I was in college, and there was just a profound moment in this same conversation. He died suddenly, and I went back to college, and I was lost. I was lost. I, you know, I had actually had headphones in. I walked around without my contacts and was kind of just wandering through life. Yeah. And wondering, like, oh my God, what you know, what's going to become of my life? And I was in a class, and I was about to take a test, and I just couldn't. I looked at the paper. I looked at everything, and I picked up my backpack and the teacher said, if you walk out of this class, you're going to fail that test and you'll, you may not pass the class. I literally just stared down the teacher, put the backpack on, walked, started walking to the door. And my best friend in the class at the time, Peggy Fox, looked over at me, picked up her backpack, walked out. Oh, it just gave me goosebumps. Yeah. We walked um, to, oh. there was a place called the Duck Pond and I sat, she didn't say a word. We, I sat on the table, on the, on the picnic table. I remember sitting on it, and she just sat there. Like, not a word. It was awesome. And then finally I said, I said, I can't believe you just did that. And she goes, she goes, I know, right? It's me and you. Like, we're going to do this together. And all of a sudden we started talking. And it was such a small thing, but it taught me that sometimes you need someone to be next to you. Yeah. I don't know that you need, like, look, you're one of the few people I know who actually does have answers. <laughs> Most no, people, I don't. No, but you do. You have you have advice and you help guide, you know, me and a couple of other people <laughs> we're close to. But I think sometimes if you don't have that, just sitting there and being there and waiting, waiting for the person to say their thing. And I remember, I so she waited long, a long time until I finally spoke. And she was just like, I said, you need to go back and take your quiz. You're going to get an F. She goes, I don't care. I'm with you. Like, let's go. And it was a, it was a big day, profound day. And it taught me in that moment about being present is more important than what you say. Being present is more important than giving someone the, the right quote or the right whatever. Being sitting there sitting there matters. Wow. That, that just gave me yeah. such goosebumps. Yeah. The idea that someone could look over, pick up their backpack yes. and just walk, walk with out. you. 
not even, I mean, so what she was just saying was my well-being was more important than hers. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you you never forget those kind of moments. When I got sick with cancer, I remember I was supposed to get into a MRI tube, which (laughs) I find terrifying. Right. I, I don't have People that. have claustrophobic. Yeah. I, yeah. Wanted like, yeah. I wanted like a fistful of Xanax and put me in. But I, the guy was like, get in. So I was, I was, I could, and my heart was pounding and my sister was in there with me. Oh. And they said, okay, you need to come out. They said to my sister, you need to come out because we have to turn on the big machine. We're all over here. You know, they're all outside of the glass. She said, no, I'm going to stay right here. And the guy said, no, no, we need you to come out because it's not safe. She said, start the machine. Like stood there. Yeah. And they did. So the hell you got to go. She's like, nope. It's about sitting there. Yeah. Sitting there. That's all. Sometimes that's all you need. Someone to sit there. That is so beautiful that you have people in mm-hmm. your life mm-hmm. that stand by you, that sit yes. there. Yes. And I think that's really maybe comes back to when I asked you about Karen, that mm-hmm. You're sit. You sat with her this weekend, and yeah. you probably have this yeah. desire to sit with her yeah, all, the, all time, the time. Right? That's it. Yeah. And I remembered like watching <sighs> her. Even like I was physically standing behind her at her husband's funeral, and everyone was walking by to pay their respects. And I watched her like with this grace. I was feeling like what she was. I was trying to absorb what she was, you know, some of her pain, but I watched her look at every person in the eye, speak to them with such, and one by one by one. And she said, you know, the only thing I prayed for this morning was a a really good memory because I didn't want anyone to feel like I didn't remember the story that they told about John. I remembered standing there and just physically being in that, being around her. And I think that sometimes it's as simple as that. I think it's so powerful to, to when someone loses somebody. I always say to p- people, I say it to my kids, if you have a friend who loses a parent, if you yeah. know anybody, just show up. Don't ask the person if they want you to come to the funeral. Just go. Just, go. just stand in the back. Just stand there because you remember yes. those. You remember someone who stood in the back who just you know held your hand, yes. who just gave you a hug yes. in that moment, and then yeah. you come out of it and then you're like, oh yeah, they flew to be there with me. They sent me flowers or they wrote me a note. Because so many of us struggle in those moments to like, what do we say? Right, what do? And then we put it up like, do you want me to come? Do you not? Do you want me to bring this? Do you want me to bring that? You're like, and you can't think straight, right? You just want someone. Yeah. And I think saying like, I remember people saying to me, and I made this mistake a thousand times, let me know what you need. Just let me know. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, and... I did it. I asked them and they haven't reached out. They haven't asked me. And I remembered thinking someone saying, let me know if you need me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know what I need. Right. I don't, exactly. I have no idea what I need. And even after going through it in two different, you know, occasions, I did the same thing. I was yeah. like, oh, I just asked them. They don't need anything. I'm like, oh my God, pay attention. Wake up. But I think you do. You do pay attention. And Hoda and I were talking. I, I want to talk because your Instagram, uh-huh. I think, is so inspiring. Why am I sobbing? I'm like I, a mess. What's wrong no, with you're me? No, you're not. I don't know. You're not. There's I, nothing wrong with you. Okay. There. You mm-hmm. say here, your Instagram, you spend a lot of time. Yeah. Not, I'm not saying, you know, yeah. all day. Yep. But you spend time <laughs> yeah. kind of finding yeah. these quotes yeah. to inspire people. Yeah. 
forward, really, on a yeah. daily basis. The surest way to be happy is to seek hap- oh, seek happiness for others. I thought yeah. that's your quote, but it's actually Martin Luther yeah. King. Yeah. But <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. So what do you, this is a platform. Yeah. We all have this yeah. as a platform. Yeah. And you're conscious and conscientious yeah. in how you're using it. Yes. So what are you trying to do with yeah. this platform? Um, I feel like that phone is like a cesspool half the time. And I think if you dive in too deep, you could, you find yourself just drowning in it. And I got bummed out watching the underbelly of, of, of people's psyches on there. And I was like, is that like, I, I I don't want to believe that that's really how people are, even when they think no one knows who they are. Yeah. Why is that? So I think I sort of started looking through it and feeling crummy and I decided like I love quotes and I scribble in my journal in the morning so I you have a quote show now yeah yeah I do you yeah. are our quote show <laughs> yeah. yours was excellent but go ahead keep going but, but so I was looking for I think so what I usually do for that is I'll I'll write some stuff in my journal and then I'll look for a quote that that works for something that either I was going through, or I was writing about somebody uh-huh. and I'll look for something that fits with that special instance. So my sister will sometimes call me and she'll go, what's wrong? I go, what do you mean? She goes, I, she, she, she lives in Dubai. She goes, I just read your quote. Okay. I go, no, no, that was Karen. She was going through something. I was scribbling. Okay, good. See you later. Bye. Like that. But not all storms come to disrupt your yes. life. Some come to clear. Yes. So is that you feeling a storm or is that Karen? That was Karen and that was something else at work too, which you know about. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Another one is reminder. It only takes one second to say, I love you. I apologize. Yes. You are right. Yes. Saints are winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> Stop letting your pride and ego hold you hostage from the happiness in your life. Did yeah. that ever happen to you? Pride and ego yes. holding? Yes. Yeah. When? For the happiness. It sort of still happens a little. Really? I think. Your pride and ego, I, I don't feel that I, about you I, at all. I feel like sometimes in my personal relationship, oh. sometimes it gets in the way a little bit. And I don't know, I don't mean it to, and I'm actually working on it. Like, I don't want that to be mm-hmm. part of me. But I think sometimes, I don't know if it's pride and ego. It's more, there's not a, a, a good open line of communication sometimes. And I feel like I need to work on that. And I'm not sure if I'm waiting for someone to come to me. Right, You know, right. should I just sit here and live in my own private Idaho until someone comes to me and tries to fix it? Or should I be the one? To initiate. I'm, to initiate. I'm not as great at initiating. I'll participate, but I'm not great at initiating. Well, we were talking about how, when we speak about a meaningful life, mm-hmm. I have to say one of the most meaningful parts of my life, as I said, is really my relationship with you and a couple other people because it makes me feel loved, Mm -hmm. seen, connected. And I was saying to you that really, if you think about your life in the last year, it's changed year and a half so dramatically that if you stepped back, you'd be like, whoa, 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 how do I, (laughs) I added a new child. I'm in a relationship you know, yeah. that I that needs care and nurturing, yes. right? I changed jobs. I yes. kind of added three more jobs. Yes. I'm out speaking. I'm doing all of yeah. this. And how have you managed all of that and kept your life meaningful, connected, and centered? I feel like because of Haley, I got more connected and centered. I think before I really wasn't. I think Haley's become kind of a magnet for me and Joel and our family and our unit and all that stuff. Joel and I are two independent people. Yeah. 
we've always been. And when you meet someone later in life and you've lived your life a certain way, it's kind of interesting. Like you're like, oh, well, he does that and I do this. And then together we have another part of our life. I think Haley just changed everything. And I think approaching Joel about Haley was a really big deal for me because when you're my age and you think about having a child, yeah, people think you're nuts and you think you're nuts. But, and you can, you know what I realized? Like you can have feelings and push them away because a lot, some people do it their whole lives. Yeah. But there comes a breaking point sometimes where you can't. And I remembered thinking to myself, I'm pushing, I'm pushing this away. I have a great relationship with Joel. We have a cool life. This is crazy. And like one day I just couldn't stop. I couldn't push it away anymore. And I remembered thinking to myself, oh my God, I'm about to ask this guy or, or I don't know if I ask or tell, but I was about to bring up the subject of adoption with Joel. And I thought, how is this man going to take it? He's late fifties. He's got a grown daughter. Like how, and why would he want that? And I remembered going up to him and like my heart was pounding in my chest, pounding. And I said, I need to discuss something with you. And I don't want you to respond right now. I said, take some time. I want you to take as much time as you need. And he was looking at me. He goes, okay. And I go, take a, take a week, take a month, take time. And he goes, okay. And I said, okay. I said, I've had a lot of feelings for a while and I've tried to stop them and push them away, but I can't anymore. And he said, okay. And I said, I would like to explore adoption with you. And like, and he looked at me and he said, I don't need a week. And literally said to me right then, yes. He said, of course, yes, yes. And I was sitting there in that moment going, like, I've loved Joel for a long time, yeah. obviously. Yeah. In that moment, when he knew that something mattered that much to me, that he did not hesitate, not even, not like, okay, this is a lot. Yeah. I'm going to have to process, which is a normal reaction. He went straight for it. And I think in that moment, all the other stuff in life that I used to worry or care about melted away. Like, am I working at NBC? Yeah. If it went away tomorrow and I had this right here in this, in our apartment in that moment, okay, I get to have that. Yeah. So I feel like my life sort of got a second, I got a second bite at the apple kind of, and I don't worry so much about the other stuff. Don't go away. We'll have more of the conversation in just a moment. But first, let's talk about one of our sponsors. Swell is an impact investing platform that makes it easy to invest in companies innovating in areas like renewable energy or zero waste. With Swell, investors get to choose how every one of their dollars is invested and where they want the money to have impact, from renewable energy to disease eradication to clean water. Most investors don't actually know much about the companies that they're backing, but Swell is working to change that. If you want to create the world we want to live in someday, it's probably a good idea to start paying attention where we're putting our dollars. Swell wants to help your money make a difference. And if you visit www.swellinvesting.com meaningful today, you'll get a $50 bonus when you open a new account. Once again, that's www.swellinvesting.com slash meaningful. Swell, invest in progress. 
Now let's get back to the conversation. This guy who had a series of bad relationships and he was telling me about meeting his now husband and he was completely different from any person he'd ever loved. There was no drama. He was like, I'm not sure I'm attracted. And he said, but you know what I ended up learning was the hottest thing of all. I said, no, what? And he goes, someone who's really in love with you. He goes, that is the most underestimated thing. Someone who's really in love with you is the hottest thing on the By planet. By the way, that is awesome. Yeah. You're right. I didn't say it. No, but he's <laughs> he right. He's right. Yeah. And he was like, I just realized like, wow, I was looking at all the wrong yes. things to be like attracted to. I was looking for the abs, the, you know, all of this yeah, kind of thing stuff. that we all look at, right? The superficial. And he said, and what turned out to be the hottest thing on the planet is somebody who loved me. And Joel loves you yes. Yes. like that, right? Yes. And in kind of embracing Haley into your life, you really also... And I love this because I believe to really have a meaningful life, you have to have something that's also larger than you Mm -hmm. that you're doing. Mm. And you've really kind of opened this conversation about adoption, about adoption and later in life, about family. And I mean, you would never have been able to say if I talked to you, whatever that is, five years, six years, that you'd be kind of a spokesperson for this, I know. Well, it's funny because... People have come out and started talking to me about it. And I remembered, you know, you live a certain number of years as you do. And I remembered after Haley came and she was in my apartment and I went to go buy formula. And I remembered walking down the street and a lady stopped to say, oh, hi, you work at the Today Show? I said, oh, yeah. And I was just like, I was, and she goes, oh, you know, I, I don't feel like I know much about you. And I was like, okay. I'm like on the street. And she goes, do you have children? And I go... I looked at her and for 52 years, I've said, no, but I have great nieces and I love them. You know, that's been, yeah. and it's, yeah. I've, and I feel that. Yeah. She says, do you have children? And I literally paused and I looked at her and I go, yes. I mean, like, I, I got to say, um, oh. I have a daughter. And I remembered saying it out loud. I was like, I just said it out loud for the first time ever to some stranger in front of Dwayne Reed <laughs> on my street. And it was awesome. And I looked at her and she looked at me. I was crying. She was like, oh my God. Okay. Like she didn't know what was happening. And I don't even think we even, I didn't even mention it to anybody other than my family, but I told some strange lady on the street that I had a daughter. And I think because I realized how this has transformed my life. And I think people thought that they missed their window too. Yeah. And they come up to me. Sometimes people will come up to me and say, oh my God, I didn't think I could. But I realize now that I can do it. I've just, I thought it was too late. And I remember I even, I talked once to Sandra Bullock about it. I yeah. felt like she was like my same age, my same whatever. And I called her. She goes, let me tell you something. There is no box. You don't have to have a certain kind of family. She said, I have a family, I'm, you know, she's overflowing with love. And she kind of held my hand a little bit through the process and to to sort of say like, it's okay. And sometimes you just need someone. I feel like she helped me a little. Yeah. And so I feel like when anyone comes up, I always say, I've got an agency for you. And now, I mean, more people are coming up to me saying, oh my God, I did it. Someone in my spin class was like, oh my God, I did it. I was like, you did it? It's, yeah, so the idea cool. that right, yeah, that you there is no box. Right. There is no time frame. Yes. There is no 
uh, moment to say goodbye to your dreams. You kind of, in a way, hit all of these things in like rapid succession, right? Yeah. That job that all of us who get into television think like, oh, I want to anchor the Today Show. Yeah. Or I want to anchor yeah. that. And you were just saying, I'm not ever was never the it girl. Yeah. I never, boom, you get it. Right. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, I'm never going to be a mother. Yeah, I'm yeah, a, yeah, then yeah. Boom, you get it. Yeah. Or I'm not going to find another Good chance God. at love. Yeah. Boom, you get it. Do you feel like you're like it now? I guess like, I didn't even <laughs> think about it that way. I was like, I feel like I'm the happiest I've ever been. Uh, ever. 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 Ever in my life, right now. Right now. Like, I don't think I would have thought I would be saying at 54. Yeah. Of all the things I've gotten to experience in my life, and I thought I had a very rich and full life, which yeah. I feel like I did, right now, I'm just hitting it. And it's such fun. Like, it's so, I get, like, when we're done here, I'm going to go home, and there's going to be a little girl running to the door saying, Mommy, Mommy's home. Like, she does this whole thing. And thrilled about it. And thrilled, like, running at, like, the fact that I get that. I think so many times in your life you think... And I don't think, like, I, I was trying to talk myself out of it. Like, I don't get everything. You don't get to yeah. have this, too. Yeah. You know, you got to travel and you got to, you know, experience a great life. And that's enough. Like, stop being greedy. Stop trying to get things that are, you know, I was telling myself that. And now, like, the fact that I get to, you know, that saying I want something isn't greedy or selfish. I finally said something out loud that I've been feeling forever. What do you think it is about right now? That um, you can say, and I love that because yeah. most people think, oh, you turn 50 and like, yeah, it's you're over. dead. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or you turn, that's why the story we were doing on the Today Show the other day about yes. people in their 60s yes. wanting relationships, wanting to have sex, wanting to have new dreams. People are like, what? Yeah. Right. And that you sitting here at 54. 54, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm the happiest yes, I've ever, ever. W- what is that? It's everything. I'm I'm much more confident about myself. I'm confident in my relationship with Joel. I know that we're going to be together until the end. Like, mm-hmm. I know that. I have something that I love more than I've ever loved anything in my life, and that's Haley. I didn't know I, I was capable. wasn't sure, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I thought I could. Professionally, I work at a job that is a lot of fun yeah. and I don't take it too seriously. Like I take my responsibility as a journalist seriously, but the other stuff I don't. Like I know that everything is fleeting, everything. Yeah. Like I'm here for a minute. I get to sit here with you for a minute. I get to do that job at the Today Show for a minute. And I feel like I'm, I recognize it and I love it. I love my professional life, but I don't love it so much anymore. But you also probably like when we started out, and I'm older than you, but when you started out in journalism, right, as a woman to kind of get to where you are, it was almost like that's the only thing you could have in your life, right? The idea that you could have a happy home life, happy kids, uh, you know, you that you could be working on behalf of a social cause and making a difference and do this job was almost like you didn't have a role model yeah. for that, right? People thought, right. You, so now you have a life that's rich. And by that, uh, I mean, when I say that, it's multifaceted. Yeah, it's not yeah. like just your all your eggs aren't in the Today mm-hmm. Show basket. No, and they used to be. They used to be. I mean, if I had a bad day at work, it was a bad day. It wasn't a bad day at work. It was a bad day. Why? Because I didn't have anything to go home to really. Mm -hmm. I worked 
and I had friends and I dated, but I didn't have what I needed. I mean, a bad day at work would would really ruin my day. If my boss said something to me that was hurtful, it would really be kind of soul crushing a little because that kind of defined me and I wanted more and I sort of watched all the other people who had more Mm -hmm. and I thought, boy, that would be so great to have that too. But I just didn't think it was in the cards for me. How do you describe a meaningful life? Because you clearly have one. And um, didn't maybe at I one didn't. point. And I yeah. didn't know I didn't. I thought it was <laughs> That's great. Good. <laughs> I know That's good. Nobody told me. Uh, <laughs> no, I, you said you did. You said I, you knew that you were putting all your eggs I in knew, one basket. Yeah, so you know. I guess I knew it wasn't meaningful. I mean, I thought it, I guess or I maybe. thought it was, imp- I think when you work at, at NBC, yeah. it's like when people say, well, what do you do? You say, I work at NBC. Everyone goes, wow. Yeah. So right. everything else doesn't matter. You're like, yeah. oh, and you know, the rest of it. They they already see you as something who is someone big, who is big. yeah it's impressive so maybe I didn't even realize just how much I was missing I feel like um, I didn't know what I didn't know and now at at fifty four I do get this meaningful life I get to know what it feels like to rock a baby to sleep at night I get to know what it feels like to have my boyfriend life partner come to me and in a very vulnerable way and to just to, to be able to help him. Yeah. I, I get to feel what it's like to trust somebody completely, maybe for the first time in a relationship, really. Wow. I get that. So I didn't have that before. And I've always had a great circle of friends, so I've yeah. always felt supported and loved that way. But I think that kind of defines the meaningful part. And the other thing, too, is I sort of think when when I got sick, everything was redefined for me yeah. in a way that I didn't know could be. I remember when I got sick, Matt Lauer called me and he said, I want you to go on a where in the world is Matt Lauer shoot. And I was like, and I had just come out of surgery. I had a mastectomy. Like it was a whole thing. And the, and I want, and I was just sitting at home. I was kind of bored, bored. And I called my doctor and I said, can I fly to Ireland and back? She said, you could do it, but you have to be very careful. You're not all the way healed. And I said, I'm going to do it. I need to get out of this house. I need to go. I got on the plane and I went and I felt terrible, terrible. I was going through security. I was crying. They were scanning me. Like I was, it was, it was a bad move until it wasn't. So I get back on the plane to go home and you never know like when your life is going to totally change. I sit in my seat. I'm scribbling my journal crying, upset, lost. My marriage was simultaneously falling apart in that tiny window. And I put on my headset. I was putting on my headsets to go to sleep. And a guy next to me goes, how you doing? I go like this. Good. He goes, so I have my earbud in. He goes, so I, you, you, I think you work on one of the shows, right? And I go, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. He goes, yeah. Which is it? Today or good morning? I go, today. He goes, oh, great. Is Katie nice? I go, yeah, she's nice. Al Roker's funny. Al's funny. I'm like, Jesus, please. I just wanted, and, but there was something about him that was likable. And for some reason, I kind of started talking to him and he goes, so we started making small talk and I had a compression sleeve on my arm that you were supposed to wear when you fly because of yeah. lymphedema or whatever. And he said, what is that? I go, oh, it's a compression sleeve. He goes, oh, what's it for? I go, oh, I had a procedure. So the doctor said I could, should wear it. What was the procedure? I go, oh, Mr. Curiosity, I had, right? Right. Yeah. An operation. He goes, 
And he said, so he said, I should wear it. What was the operation? I go, oh, my God. I said, okay, listen. I said, I'm going to tell you, but I hope that when you get off, I said, I have breast cancer. I said, but I hope when you get off the plane, you don't say, like, I sat next to a girl with breast cancer. I hope that's not what you, he goes, what is wrong with you? This is a stranger. I go, what? He goes, what is wrong with you? He said, breast cancer is part of you. He said, it's like working at NBC or getting married or graduating college. It's part of you. And he said, I'm going to give you some advice and then, and, bef- and you can go to sleep. I go, okay. And he goes, are you ready? I said, I'm ready. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, don't hog your journey. It's not just for you. Oh and I looked God. at that guy and I was bawling. He goes, think of how many people you might have helped on the plane ride home. He said, you can, what do you say? Oh, he said, you can put your stuff deep in your pockets and you can take it to your grave or you can help someone. Choice A or choice B. You make it. I got off the plane. I was like, oh my God, I had, it had just changed everything. This stranger, some guy on the plane. And I remember I got off and I decided, you know what? Okay. I can be a helper. I don't have to be this victim person, you know, worrying about everything. And I started thinking about the things that that I learned. And it was like you learn like your life has a, it's finite as a beginning and an end. And you have to make sure that you stop wasting time. And I was thinking about things I wanted to change, you know, that saying like the way you spend your days is the way you spend your life. I was thinking about my days. How am I spending my days Like your life is really just a random Wednesday. What are you doing? You're getting up. That's your life if you take one of the days of the week. So figure it out. Like figure out what you're doing wrong. And I just started kind of helping instead of feeling like poor me, poor me. He was a great guy. And I remember thinking, wow. That is so powerful. And, you know, I wrote in my Sunday paper a week ago, about the power of a stranger to change your life. And it came, it emanated from a conversation you and I had where you were talking about a stranger Uh who had had an impact in your life. And I said to you, you know, well, it's really kind of always a stranger that impacts your life and then they can turn into be a friend. And then I ended the piece saying, that girl who uh-huh. told me the story has turned out to be one of my closest friends, and it was it was Hoda. Oh but I think that the what's really is almost all the stories you've told here today mm-hmm. are strangers yes. impacting your life. Yes. Whether it's the woman on the street oh, you're yeah. talking about, right, right. Haley. Whether yeah. it's that, and all of these instances, and that you have taken. You're not hogging your journey, yeah. and you're share you're sharing about adoption. Yeah. The doubts, the fears, yeah. the joys of it. Yeah. You're sharing about starting a relationship yeah. in midlife, learning how to trust, coming out of a bad yeah. one. You're sharing like, I've got this job now, but I got it in perspective and I got it at the right time. Yeah. Not when maybe I wanted it, yes. but when it was supposed right. to happen. I'm sharing how do you stand with someone who's in grief? What do you need? All of these things. And you met Joel. He was a total stranger and walked up like in the book line (laughs) and like, boom, and you were open. Open. That's it. I think sometimes you, if I always wonder, like if you're not open on that day, if I had put my earbud in the ear when that guy on the plane was talking to me, how would it have been different? If I had- There's a book. Yes. Go yes. keep going. How, if you or if I you... had, a, even with even with Joel, I mean, this I had to. It was at an event. Yeah, it was all finance guys. 
I was speaking? Like, what was that about? First of all, I was like, where's the junior league? I mean, I don't belong here. And they were all looking at me like, no, you don't. And everyone's like checking their watch. I'm like firing through a speech that I usually give in 15 minutes. I'm doing it in five. I want it over. Right. And if I had just scooped my stuff up and said, thanks, you guys. And if I hadn't have, you know, if it just didn't work that way, you can make, I feel like one move away from like missing something. Yeah. I mean, I was one move away from missing Joel. If I had my way, I would have bolted out of that place. And they were like, no, you have to sign books. And Joel was like, at the end of the line, like sweet as pie, you know, you want to sign my book? I'm like, okay, you want it to your aunt or your grandmother, Mildred? Like, who? <laughs> He's like, how about to me? I was like, and I liked how the pen wrote the name Joel. I remember writing, I was like, hmm, I like that. How about to me? Yeah, how about to me? How about to me? But all those, like, you know, it's like sliding doors kind of. Right. Like, oh. Chance encounters, yeah, chance being encounters. open, yeah. and then being generous, I think, in the moment that it happens for you. Yeah. That that you remember the climb, you remember how yes. many people. And yeah. so we talk a lot, as I said, you know, about, Hoda and I talk yeah. about a lot of different things, yeah. but what I wanted this the this podcast really to be about is about people's lives, what make them meaningful, mm-hmm. how many people come into your life mm-hmm. and make it so. Mm-hmm. It's hard to make it a meaningful thing if you're isolated and alone. Yeah, that's right? true. Yeah. Yeah. You have to open up that door. Yeah. And that in every way, so once again, coming back to like her Instagram, which is how people so often communicate today, uh-huh. right? That you know, it's she's worth following because it your day can be uplifting or your day can go down a rabbit hole yeah. depending on who's talking to you yes. and depending on really how you're talking to yourself. Yes. Also. Yes. In many yes. ways, right? Do you have a favorite quote? I'm going to turn that question on to you oh, that Lord. you turn on to you turned on wow, to me. What is my favorite? I mean, I have so many. You have so many. I have so many. I like every my my Angelo quote, obviously. I do like the one about people forget what you say and when they forget, um, they, they, rem- forget they remember what, how you make them feel. I love that one. I like this one you have on here. Rock bottom has built oh. more heroes than privilege. Oh, I love that one. That is awesome. I love that one. Everyone has their kind of on their knees moment or when they thought, yeah. when they were like trying to get something and you, you thought that it was never going to happen for you. You know, people have asked me, like, is Hoda as nice as she seems? Does she seem like she's having as good time or is that like a facade? And I go, no, that's real. You are actually having the best time of your life right now. I'm having it right now, Maria. I mean, I... And I don't mean here, but I I just mean in general. But I don't want to meet, you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, when you say that out loud, you're like, "Uh uh-oh, jinx. Well, there's no jinx because you're actually... You're having it. You're awake. I'm yes. reading. I'm just scrolling yeah. through yeah. her yeah. Instagram. You teach people how to. Oh, it's all good. And I, I told you, I, I, I look for this every morning. I believe that the words we put in, yes, are really powerful, and yes. they can, as you said, if your boss told you you were it, sucked yeah. at your job, you your day went down the rabbit yeah. hole. And so what we put in our rabbit hole yes. matters. And I, th- I think that's so true. And it's like trying to decide what gets what you what you allow in. Because I was going through periods where I was go- – sometimes I'll, I'll scroll through tr- Twitter and I want to shoot myself. Like, 
what is going on there? Who yeah. are, what is happening? And you, you read it and it does impact you. Absolutely. You know, and I said, well, I'm using it for news. I just want to find, you know, cause it's a quick way to get everything compiled, but at the same time, it, it can really bring it down. We do not see things as they are. We oh, see yes, things as, as we, we are. are. So it's, uh, I think what I, why I wanted to talk to you. And by the way, I, I knew, mm-hmm. I want to say this about, I knew that I'd, I'd ask Coda and I knew that you would find time. Oh yes. And yes. that is a gift to another human being. Like that you don't like, oh, I don't want to ask her. I don't, and I would find time to do anything for you. And so that's what brings meaning to my life. And I want to thank her because she's busy and she's going to go home to her daughter. (laughs) But I think it's so inspiring. What sticks with me also is that feeling like, who do I think I am that I could ask for more Mm. in my life and that you did and that you manifested more and that you're experiencing that um, mm-hmm. is such an it moment for mm-hmm. you. And I couldn't be happier. And yes, she's as incredible as she seems. And you're using your platform to help and to share your journey, whether it's with your health, whether it's with your daughter, whether it's on mm-hmm. Instagram. And that's how we get our information. Mm-hmm. It's uplifting, it's positive, and it's it's generous. I love you. I feel like I love this you. a therapy session and I should. No, I love you. Thank <laughs> love you, you all for listening. Thank you. I want to thank Hoda so much for joining me on Meaningful Conversations. I want to thank her for having a meaningful conversation. It's the kind of conversation she always has with her friends. And you can, of course, watch her every morning on the Today Show. And also you can follow her on Instagram where she has lots of inspiration and wisdom. And she takes a lot of care with that. So I encourage you to join her there. I've started doing something on my own Instagram recently called Poetry Pause because poetry is huge for me. I read a lot of poetry. I write poetry. My daughter calls my poetry reporter poetry because it doesn't really rhyme or anything. But uh, I thought it would be a great thing to include some poetry with meaningful conversations because poetry is meaningful. And I thought I would read a little bit from a great poem by Naomi Shihab Nye called Kindness, because I think it reminds me of Hoda, and I think it's a great way to end this conversation. So here's a few lines from Kindness. Before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. You must wake up with sorrow. You must speak to it till your voice catches the thread of all sorrows, and you see the size of the cloth. Then it is only kindness that makes sense anymore. Only kindness that ties your shoes and sends you out into the day to gaze at bread. Only kindness that raises its head from the crowd of the world to say, it is I you have been looking for, and then goes with you everywhere, like a shadow or a friend. If you're looking for more inspiration and words of wisdom, then please sign up for my weekly email newsletter, The Sunday Paper. It's free. Just visit my website, mariashriver.com, to subscribe. And I hope you'll also check out my book, I've Been Thinking, and its new companion, I've Been Thinking, The Journal. Like this podcast, these books were created to help you on your path to a meaningful life. More details on my website about those as well. Thanks so much for listening this week. I look forward to being back here in community with you next Monday for another episode of Meaningful Conversations. And I hope you too will engage in some meaningful conversations in your life. Thanks so much.